Bowling Online with Dan and Jeremy. What's up? Good to be back. Today we got, what's the name of the show? (laughs) This is is ill-prepared, but... The name of the show is Media Men Online. Oh, what's the name of the TV show? The Guardians of the Galaxy or something? (laughs) No, it is definitely not the Guardians of Galaxy. (laughs) Guardians of Justice, a Netflix special? Or is it just on Netflix? Ah, It's just on Netflix. Well, it's most prob- Netflix specials are only on Netflix anyway. Yeah. You're yeah. going to turn Friends into a Netflix original one day. Okay, and before we jump into that, I just wanted to uh, say a special rest in peace to Scott Hall, a.k.a. Razor Ramon, who was one of my uh, childhood heroes growing up. He, he had a hip surgery the other day, and it went pretty wrong, and he had a few heart attacks and, and died kind of... He, he was on life support and then they took him off and, and he couldn't survive. So um, he's one of the reasons that I'm I'm a big fan of the villain. He start I started watching him like in the early 90s and um, he he was the bad guy. And instead of me trying to do this and butcher it, insert his the last bit of his Hall of Fame speech about it right there. In my lifetime, I've learned. Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. And I'm I'm, I'm not one of these people who just say these things where it's like, oh, uh, now that this person's dead, I'm going to pretend like no, the the two reasons it was it was Darth Vader and it was Razor Ramon, and then shortly thereafter was Venom. But those were those are why I I, I tend to uh, you know attract towards the villain is because I grew up on on cool ass villains like that. So R.I.P. Buddy. So I watched this with uh, absolutely no uh, idea of what it was. I just saw there was a new show on Netflix, and I thought we were going to get this out really quick. Uh, we didn't, but so we're, we're doing it anyway. The, the opening concept is that the world was in a whole bunch of trouble. Superman, or um, Awesome Man, or whatever his name is. <laughs> came, Marvelous Man? Marvelous Man, yeah. Came out of this. Awesome Man is an actual guy in the show, so that was a confusing difference comes out of the sky and saves the world. And then, you know, 40 years of being the world's sole superpower, it just is really tiring. So he kills himself on TV. I think this show is about watching the Justice League pick up the pieces after Superman has done that. As you can imagine, a world where one superhero is keeping the entire thing in check. Like I think he's literally like running around keeping 
World War away. The way they show him just being in all sorts of different stuff. He's not like just Superman, like who stops one supervillain a year and then like stops a bunch of car accidents. Right. Like, this guy stops robot Hitler in the opening. There's and a... as mm-hmm. and as soon as Marvelous Man stops, they have things popping up all over the world. Like people were going, Man, we'd do this if it weren't for Marvelous Man. And now there's no more Marvelous Man. So as soon as um, Marvelous Man kills himself with a crypto, I mean, Calorinite bullet, Diamond Dallas Page, a.k.a. DP from WCW circa 2000, <laughs> is uh, Nighthawk, which is a fucking cool name, but the mask is pretty lame. It's, yeah, it, he's, um, it looks like someone put a lot of effort into making a Batman suit at home, mm-hmm. but they didn't like have a mask, so they just kind of taped something together. For a while, I thought it was parody because it's so like at points it's really cheesy, but then it's also really dark and gruesome. So <laughs> I wasn't really sure what I was watching for a while. And I watched the second episode and more of the same, really. Yeah. So one of my one of my notes is that Batman looks like a used car salesman. Uh, DDP is what I'm going to call him from here. But after Marvelous Man kills himself, everyone rendezvous at the Hall of Justice or Batman's Batcave or whatever the fuck. And he's like sending people all over, like sending his crew all over to take care of the things that are spiraling out of control. And one of them is a squad of cyborg T-Rexes in Syria. I'm like, I want this movie. <laughs> this is what. So this whole thing is uh, setting up a, a possibility of a new world war because everyone else is blaming Every country's blaming the other country for Marvelous Man's death, whether it be work too hard or actually putting him, putting the pieces in place for him to kill himself, anything along those lines. So every country's blaming each other because Marvelous Man wasn't just an American hero. He was taking care of stuff around the world. DDP's goal here is to to investigate the murder, the death slash murder. We don't know yet. And he has to investigate his own team. For possibly some foul play. Yeah, it's, it's it was a, a weird show. <laughs> yeah, it's a very weird show. I wouldn't necessarily say it's bad. the uh, The ending credit, I think, the ending like post credit scene is weirdly like the best part. Mm-hmm. It's just two cops like talking about their life and the world at large while they're just casually walking past like twenty or thirty bodies. And I mean that that's is that I don't know why the post credit scene was the best was the best done part of the TV show. Like, it's all very, like, C-tier in terms of, like, budget and acting. But that last scene, it looked like someone made that in and of itself for, like, a YouTube project and did a good job and said, oh, we'll just slap this on the end of this weird TV show. So I'm going to ask you about episode two as a little spoiler thing. Does the smiling stuff come up in the, in the second episode? Yeah, Mr. Smiles. Okay. That makes me want to watch the second episode. Yeah, second episode's definitely better than the first. There's there's a lot more going on. DDP hits a diamond cutter. Um, Mr. Smiles. See, this is one of the things, like I called it knockoff Justice League. Mm-hmm. But it's obviously the Joker. <laughs> it is the Joker, but um, the the actor is black dude. And nobody's ever gonna gonna complain about it because you didn't take the Joker, you know, like they've been doing in Hollywood. They made their own thing, whether it's a blatant ripoff or not. Who cares? Because he's he's nearly a blatant ripoff of, of Heath Ledger from The Dark Knight. <laughs> he's got the same face paint and everything. 
I mean, most things are a little bit of a blatant ripoff anyway. Right, but that that's I'm giving them yeah. kudos instead of, you know, just ripping off somebody else's shit directly and bending it to your will. So I think I'm going to stick with it. The, the episodes aren't too long. There's only like seven of them out now. I'm just going to see where it goes because it's a bit weird. It's almost like a parody because everything's mm-hmm. so closely related to in the second episode. I won't give too much of it away, but the Aquaman character is like, oh, we should have a lair in the ocean. And DDP's response is just, that's stupid. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> laughing at him and he's just in shame. Yeah, this is definitely like a uh, direct to Netflix The Boys. I was a little disappointed when the animation went away. I thought the animation was interesting. I didn't. I don't know if I would have enjoyed it for a long time if they had transitioned into a more normal animation style and yeah. then like gone back and forth between that one and a normal one. It would have been a pretty good show. Instead, we're getting some... Uh, straight to YouTube costume design. The muscle suit on Marvel Man is marvelous. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know that dude's like five five six, 160 pounds. <laughs> Spoilers ahead for nobody 2021. Oh, yeah. This movie was fucking awesome. Yes. A docile family man slowly reveals his true character after after his house gets burgled by two petty thieves, which coincidentally lead him into a bloody war with a Russian crime boss. Yes, it's that awesome. If you haven't watched it yet, pause this and come back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not a movie you can spoil, but it's a movie that you need to watch. And so you should you should watch it right now. But like if you're driving, you're fine to listen to it and let us know in the comments if our description of it makes it more or less awesome the second time you hear about it (laughs) yes so the movie starts off with just you know some guy a nobody if you will i like the opening sequence of his life reminded me of a quote um most men live lives of quiet desperation and what that means to me is that you know we have a lot of responsibilities and when something pisses me off i'm not allowed to like roll down my car window jump out of my car onto their car and punch through the window to <laughs> teach them a lesson about when you're allowed to merge. Okay. The zipper merge would really, I'm not going into this, but like just look up the zipper merge and tell your friends about it. It would really help. I don't have a long commute, but when I have to drive amongst the assholes in the commuting lanes of my city, I mean, I, I get the anti-Western sentiment, you know, <laughs> First, they start off and he's in a police station. He's all beat up and he pulls out a can of tuna and out of his coat is a tiny kitten. So I want to start off on a nice note. Cops are like, who the fuck are you? And it just flashes into a montage of his mundane life. Him commuting with a bus pass from I forget what city they're living in, but he's commuting back and forth. He misses the trash every week. It's like. The thing I didn't get about that is why wasn't your trash just overflowing because you have to wait the next week? You know, um, that's a good question. <laughs> what I was wondering is why did, why did he put out trash the night before? He's going to work. He comes home. He, you know, regular old life of somebody who probably hates themselves. He has a wife and two kids and he's sleeping next to his wife who I don't know what this situation is, but she had like a pillow uh, dam in between the two of them. Yeah, they've got a Breaking Bad marriage. Yeah. yeah. Uh, our main character wakes up. Hutch Mansell is his name, which is a fucking awesome name. <laughs> like, you don't want to fuck with Hutch Mansell. 
the anyway. word man is in his name right and the man's name is hutch that that's the, <laughs> the tagline so someone two people break in and they're they're robbing the place they don't have much money they take all they can and as the two criminals are leaving the son jumps from the top of the stairs and tackles the guy and hutch comes up behind the girl with a golf club and i don't know if you've ever like accidentally hit yourself in the shin or anything with one of those golf clubs mm-hmm. but they're fucking solid metal as long as you don't have the driver yeah like those uh like the big wooden ones yeah the the wedge or whatever gotcha. like you could you could brain this chick she'd be all done so like in terms of like hurting people all the irons are the same i think the iron think what that's you what really want i think what you really want is like a heavy duty putter because like that that one's like kind of straight so you can get a good swing behind it yeah Get some linear um, momentum going up, but also like you're gonna ruin your golf club. That first swing, you're never you're never hitting the birdie again. No, the the flimsy stick is is just gonna fold in half. Is that what's called the stick? I don't know. I don't play well, golf. It's called the shaft, and they're not made of shaft. They're mm. not made of wood. They're <laughs> they're made out like they use all sorts of weird like metal to try and get the right amount of like lightness and tension and whatnot. And I don't understand any of it, but I do know the more expensive it is, the, the more angry you'll be when it doesn't work. And he, he winds up to clock her and just stops and lets them go. We find out later on that he's an ex uh, three letter organization in quotes member. Mm-hmm. And he clocked that the girl who he was going to bash her gun, her uh, six shooter was empty. Mm-hmm. So that's why he let them go. Even yep. though the son just treats him like absolute dog shit for the rest of the movie. Because <laughs> he tells the son to let him go. And the dude who he's got captured just absolutely blasts him. He's got a black eye for the rest of the movie. Like, there's a certain amount of luck in whether or not you go unconscious being punched or not. Right. But this is the movie, and he knows if a punch will hurt you or not. This is the movie where, like, if you know how to fight, you can karate chop someone in the neck and they go to sleep and they wake up <laughs> just fine. <laughs> yes. But, like, applying reality to it, he left his son out to dry, and I don't approve. Movie logic, he let them go by being the better man, and his son doesn't understand that. His call to action is that <laughs> he comes home from work, so he works with his, he works for his father-in-law and with his brother-in-law. Also, the lack of trigger discipline in this scene just irks me up the wall. Both of them don't handle the gun properly, and I don't think you're supposed to leave a gun in the freezer. No, no. Like I don't think a gun can get fr- can get freezer burn, but like, it's it's in a box of popsicles. Someone's gonna want popsicles and find a gun. Like imagine like if you went into the work freezer, your kids have been have been bothering you forever. You're like you know, I'll replace the popsicles. The kids just need something. You hand the box to them, and next thing you know, they've got a gun. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> but they know not to point the gun at anyone with the with your finger on the trigger. So. Oh God, that was. I, I, the things and moves that bother me, bad trigger discipline and people that like look at the passenger while they're driving. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Same with real life for that one. Oh my God. That just takes me, that takes me out for a minute. And I'm like, Oh, Hollywood, could you please not, you know, the kids are watching this and these are the, and these are two real life dangers. (laughs) Like, I don't know anyone that's like had like an accidental, um, it's had a negligent discharge, but I do know people that have been in the building when a gun went off by accident. <laughs> That's a scary fucking rest of your week. Hutch wants to, um, Hutch gets a gun from his brother-in-law who is like a goatee douchebag dumbass. Um, yeah. 
But like Hutch is also like kind of there as a hanger on. Like they paint the brother-in-law as like this, oh, this do-nothing son is living off of daddy's money. But Hutch is living off of daddy-in-law's yeah, we find in the movie he has plenty of money, but he's getting a salary for being an accountant at a machine shop. Mm-hmm. They could hire a temp worker for that <laughs> and save a whole lot of money. But no, they bought this, they paid for this guy's house by giving him a job they don't need filled. And now he wants to buy the business. Like, that's, I, I don't know why he wants the machine shop. He says he wants something that's his own. And I'm like, so you want to buy your brother, your father in law's business, and that's going to make it your own? Like, you're going to walk in one day, hey, I own this place. And everybody's like, oh, Okay. Like, does he know how to weld? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> he knows how to do a lot of things. So, if he uh, wants something of his own, this. he should open up a Krav Magov studio. But anyway, Hutch is having a day. Everyone's giving him shit for not beating up two robbers. And I mean, he had to know that was going to happen. Like, he's, he's been around a machine shop before. I assume yeah. that's why he wants to buy one. But then he gets home and he finds out that his daughter's. Hello Kitty bracelet is missing. Yeah, and Kitty it was Cat in the, bracelet. And it was in the bowl of folded stripper ones they keep in their kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, they keep a bowl of ones like folded up like a bunch of strippers are playing uh like a bunch of strippers are playing like a game of uh dice for their last for like the last half hour's tips. Plus a kitty cat bracelet. Very and important. one kitty cat bracelet, yes. So he's like, well, fuck that. They might have taken my money, given me a black eye, and possibly injured my kid. But no one steals my dollar store bracelet. So he just gets up, says nothing, and leaves and goes to find the people. He's he's going to, like, tattoo shops because he saw the girl's tattoo and committed it to memory. And when he gets to the final tattoo shop, there's one thing he says that was fucking awesome. It's like there are three types of people that carry cash because he's going to pay hundreds to this guy to give him information about the tattoo. And it's like people who don't know any better, people who are trying to intimidate and people who wish with every fiber of their being that someone would take it. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> I really like the scene in the tattoo shop where the um, the old guy spots like immediately that the FBI badge is expired, even though it's only flashed at him. It's not even the current model. And then he sees the tattoo, and he's like, well, about time for me to mosey on out of here. He goes, <laughs> yeah. he just puts like nine locks on the door. And everyone else yeah. is like, yeah, old old Big Tom is a pussy. I can take him. Yeah, he, he has more locks on his door than Fort Knox. And as soon as he sees that t- tattoo, he's like, uh, thanks for your service. And just, he's in like this, <laughs> he's just locking it for like 10 straight seconds. And then there's like one of those, um, if you picture like a uh, secret nightclub where they slide open the metal thing so they can see who's out there, he had one of those. But instead of a like a hole in it, it was like a plexiglass plating. It's like, first of all, why do you have this to begin with? Why does he have a middle-aged woman's apartment door lock anyway? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like deadbolt, bar, chain, flip lock, that little thing that flips over so you can open the door a little bit. You got like two of those. He puts himself in a pharaoh's coffin. So he finds the uh, the two, and he he just sneaks in, threatens them for the kitty cat, cat bracelet. He actually actually gets his watch back as well. They stole his watch, but it turns out that they don't have it. So he leaves. He's riding the bus back home because the poor bastard has to ride a bus everywhere. Yeah. So a bunch of drunk assholes. There's this like really weird shot where I was thinking like, is it the people? 
whose house he just like broke into looking for the bracelet. Are they coming back for him? Like, did they follow him on the bus? Because this SUV is pulling up next to the bus going really fast. It's like, what? What the fuck? And it just slams into one of those fucking cement divider things. Yeah. Apparently they were all drunk and and crashed. So they all get on the bus. At this point, plot wise, the movie separates entirely into two sections. The first section was like the lives of men who have an old badge. And and then it becomes John Wick the bus because the entire movie is just like this bus scene and the consequences thereof. Like the robbery has nothing to do with anything going forward except for one scene. Yeah, it just got him out of the house. That was the only thing. Like the entire movie up to this point was to have him riding a bus until right now. But I don't know. Like I feel like even if he hadn't like had his daughter's bracelet stolen, he still would have been like no. No, I'm I'm beating the fuck out of these guys just because he's probably he doesn't he's not going to sit there and, you know, watch what I interpreted to be an incoming rape. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I know they said they wanted to talk to her, but I I don't think that was what they wanted to do. The bad guy never like wants to know if she's read any good books lately. Right. So everyone starts getting off and they like surround. uh, So Hutch is sitting in the back of the bus, like the very back. If you walked straight down the aisle, you would run into him. I'm just sitting in the place that you never sit on the bus. <laughs> yeah. He's sitting in the spot that makes you make eye contact with everyone who's looking for a seat all the time. Why would you ever sit there? Right. Because he's looking for a fight. Boy, <laughs> did he get one. So they surround this girl and they didn't even kick him off the bus first. He So he, he walks out like gently escorts the bus driver off the bus. He does this cool ass moment where he takes his, his six shooter, opens it up and dumps all the bullets on the floor. It's like, I'm, I'm about to fuck you up. <laughs> and there's like a, I don't know. What'd you say? Like a 10 minute fight scene of just like the most brutal fighting. The bus scene is the highlight of the movie. There's like some funny song playing and he's, he's just got the biggest goofy smile on his face. <laughs> it is a six and a half minute fight scene on the bus just of straight stabbing he actually like breaks off the pole like of one of the bus handles smashes this dude in the throat then trakes him with a straw (laughs) so the whole point from this movie forward is the guy that he trakes with the straw is the younger brother of a russian 401k provider russian mob 401k provider yeah, so if you're in the Russian mob, you have to give 3% of your, all your income to a warehouse that keeps your money on uh, forklifts and then drives it around. Yep. Now, you might think that sounds wasteful, but it looks like a really cool scene with the forklift of money, so <laughs> we'll allow it. But, like, yeah, that's what they do with all their money. They just, like, put it on this in this warehouse and they drive it the fuck around instead of, you know, putting it in the Cayman Islands. Yeah, so the forklift money guy who spends his days leaning on a rail watching someone drive around with a forklift. How good a forklift do you have to be to let you drive around with a billion dollars? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, like, you can't be running into, like, the, you can't be running into stuff with that forklift. Yeah, you better be the best because you're going to get your fucking pinky chopped off if you bump into a, you know, a barrel of money. So he's the older brother of the guy. And yeah, the older brother is a badass, though. Like, yeah. some dude owned... Some dude owned like a share of the 401k. He just fucking murdered him and everyone's yeah. fine with it because he's just so fucking cool. Yeah, it's because as he's walking back from doing karaoke, the guy's just mean mugging him, just staring him down. And one of his like crew members is like, oh, 
karaoke's a bad look if you think you're losing your edge. So he just takes a champagne glass and just fucking gouges this dude and he, he kills him pretty in a gruesome way. Apparently, if you're in the Russian mob, you're allowed to kill Russian mobs without any repercussions. That seems that seems like a really dangerous club to be in. Like if you like if you kill someone and you're not in the Russian mob, then you're going to have like, you know, 17 SWAT teams sent for you. <laughs> But if you're in the Russian mob, it's like, hey, let's do the boogie. <laughs> Everyone just like calls for shots afterwards. <laughs> right. a, it's a weird murder club, right? Like, yeah. Like if I went and like joined like the Shriners or something and I watched someone murder someone else, I would like slip out of that back door, never come back again. And they're like, shots, 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 shots. <laughs> so the brother finds out about his younger brother who's dead essentially finds out everything he can on hutch and sends like a tactical unit to his house they sent their a team to this first one because later on when they're at the his his workplace all these guys are so stupid they see a dude get hit by a booby trap and they're all just like still running in blindly it's like all (laughs) all the top team members were killed in the home invasion because these guys are idiots well all the smart guys don't go back to the club after like see someone get stabbed with a champagne glass with no repercussions. Like that seems like a that seems like a real waste. Like we're trying to build up a net a criminal network here and you're just killing people who I mean he, he might have viable contacts. You don't even know. Killing someone who you don't know who they are seems very careless if you're, you know, at an exclusive club. Hutch uh sends he he's got like this basement situation where he sends his family down there and he locks them in and proceeds to murder in the coolest way. All of the like the Russian tactics, Russian SWAT team. He sends his family away and burns the house down with, to to hide all the bodies. Bones burn at X degrees, and this this uh, basement gets to triple that or something like that. He's got a special record that plays <laughs> that catches the entire thing on fire. So, and the the Dodge Challenger, the 1972 Dodge Challenger that we didn't mention earlier, the the neighbor after. After the home invasion was like, oh, I wish it was my home. I would have kicked their asses and all, you know, that classic shit. Yeah. Got a, a Dodge Challenger handed down from his dad, who he was not appreciative of whatsoever. Well, he seems like a douchebag anyway. So Hutch steals the 72 Challenger and and goes to karaoke with a Claymore mine. Also, who lives for. who leaves a who leaves a classic car just out in the fucking driveway to get rained on? <laughs> Oh, hey, I've got this $75,000 car. Let me just leave it underneath this tree. Like, I, okay, I parked my car under a tree, but it's like a 2014 <laughs> sedan. Like, I'm not, right. Like, if I had a Challenger, I'm like getting the garage spot <laughs> or I'm selling it. I'm not going to let, like, everything, every time that thing sits out in the sun, it loses $1,000 in value. <laughs> right. Just letting that interior get baked, you asshole. <laughs> so he, he goes to karaoke. The Russian guy's doing karaoke again because. I guess that's his thing. That's a weird club, isn't it? Like, you have to hang out there to keep your 401k investment, and this guy just does karaoke. Yeah. No one else is doing karaoke. It's just him. Just him and, like, his sidekicks or whatever. (laughs) The the ladies there. Now, if you were Hutch and you went to burn all the... So he he breaks into the 401k office Mm -hmm. and murders everybody, then burns down, burns all the money. Yeah, he doesn't, like, steal a pallet of money. Right. Wouldn't you at least fill your goddamn trunk or whatever with money? I mean, I would have brought a U-Haul. Yeah. Like gotten two pallets of money and like left that shit somewhere. 
Because really, all he had to do was <laughs> was burn that like little uh, stack that he brought to show the Russian dude. <laughs> so there's an awesome uh, car chase. Oh, first, so he's just sitting at a table eating, watching the the karaoke show, and reveals to the Russian guy because he's got I don't know twelve, thirteen guns to his head that he's got a claymore mine underneath the the little napkin on the table. It's like, God, this guy's a fucking badass. <laughs> that Claymore mine does come into, into use in the end scene. I would love to see an extra credit scene of him smuggling a Claymore mine in. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, gently placing it on his table and yeah. putting a napkin on it. It's probably not unusual for this scene, to be honest. <laughs> he eats his whole dinner and no one notices him. Like, I can see how this organization managed to lose all their money <laughs> right. you can just fucking get like a center stage table even if you're like the sworn enemy <laughs> of the entire mob yeah all I have oh, he, he goes is... and meets a guy named the barber and yeah. i thought like he would meet like a guy who cuts hair mm-hmm. kind of like the chicken guy from um breaking bad or something but no the barber is a guy who's getting a shave yeah that was i didn't even think about that what the so, fuck <laughs> is he always getting a shave Shouldn't he be the customer instead of the barber? <laughs> yeah, he's not the patron of the barber. This guy, right. like, how much time does this guy spend getting shaved? Because that's really rough on your skin, you know? Like, that's a very limited time frame to allow cool entrances. You think, like, the sitting outside, like, okay, someone's coming. All right, everyone, get in position. All right, sorry. yeah, yeah, just, just use the back of the razor. I'm not, I don't actually need to shave. One thing I never thought of before that I thought was pretty awesome is he's, like, just pouring gasoline into the sprinkler system. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> and my note is some men just want to watch the world burn. And then they have a um sort of like like a, a home alone, but with murder and your father. You know <laughs> like what? Father figure. And that is the exact I, I was sitting watching this with my wife a couple days ago. I was like, this is like home alone, but with murder. And she looked at me like, what? <laughs> but that's exactly what it is. He's got yeah. a booby trap set up. And, you know, it's like Harry and Marv just walking into him every single time because None of these tacticians learn from the previous death. It's like, oh, he had a bullet with on a mouse trap, a shotgun shell in the door. Ah, eh, that's gonna be his only booby trap. It's fine. <laughs> I'll definitely there's definitely <laughs> nothing underneath this weirdly placed carpet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um the old guy was there, that was his father? Yeah, I, I love the line, you brought a lot of shotguns, you bought a lot of Russians. The dad's just having a great time, just murdering suckers. <laughs> Yeah, this doesn't really seem like a guy that spends his time a lot, spends his whole life in a recliner. He he was loving it, just just getting to kill. So he he makes the final stand. He finds a little kitty um, for his daughter, and then he gets arrested for, you know, murdering. I don't know. Being at the, well, booby traps are illegal. They, I mean, they are. Like, I found that out. And I was like, can I? I was like, you know, someone might climb in here. Can I just like electrify it? And they're like, no. I looked it up. It's illegal. You're not allowed. If you see a place in your apartment that someone could climb in the ceiling of the adjacent apartment and come into your apartment, you're not allowed to electrify it. I don't. I don't know why they have that in that apartment. I didn't like it at all. What was the kill count? Nobody. That's what I'm looking at. Okay, 77 people died in this movie. The best friend and the dad like killed like a dozen if you put them together. Oh yeah, that's true. That was stupid. Yeah, the the dad kills. I would say probably a dozen. So does his his buddy or but it's the dude from fucking wu-tang clan was the black guy in this wait really <laughs> yeah it's either rizza or jizza i don't i don't remember which 
Okay, that's that's random. Oh yeah, it's Riza. Yeah, his name's Harry Mansell, so he's he's either like a half brother or adopted brother. What is it with rappers becoming um actors? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. a discussion for another time and another podcast. That's right. Welcome. So, c- come back. Come back later for hip hop media men online. <laughs> oh, this movie is a nine and a half out of ten. Yeah, it does every single thing that you would want in a movie like this. It's to the point. It's only an hour and thirty two minutes. It it cuts all the fat. I'm gonna give it a nine. It's absolutely great movie. And it, it's definitely one of those like rewatchable movies similar to John Wick. This is this is a very John Wick esque. Uh, we have 212,000 ratings on IMDb for a 7.4 out of 10. 1,694 people gave it a, a 1. The movie poster shows like a guy getting punched. Like you knew you knew this was not going to be a dramedy. <laughs> you, know, you know what they were missing? What? You know what was missing make to make this the perfect movie? It didn't have John Cena's cornhole in it. Oh, my God. <laughs> That is what this movie was missing, or else I would have given it a 10. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, if you're one of the people that, you know, obviously disagrees with us on IMDb ratings, this movie has zero John Cena cornhole, which is what we know you want. There is no John Cena in Whitey Tidies with his cornhole out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't dislike John Cena. I just <laughs> I just can't get over it. I'm never getting over this. My whole life, I'm always going to wonder why people... Uh, so this movie, not as good. Not as good as The Peacemaker. <laughs> Starring John Cena's cornhole. But it was still pretty good. So this is... Um, this is known as by Domi Olenek. The brain dead rubbish. This movie is the stereotype of U.S. senseless violence and stupidity. I expected another another over the top. I expected another over the top American hero versus evil and incredibly stupid Russian mobsters, and it was exactly what I got. Which He's is why I watched British. it anyway. And then yeah, one star. <laughs> I knew it was, was gonna be crap, and so yeah. I watched it so that I can say that it was what. <laughs> That's like you know what? Watching Home Alone and being mad that it stars a kid. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I knew it was going to be about kids, but I watched it anyway, and I fucking hate kids. Why don't Larry and Marv get to murder that child like I wanted to see? One yes. star, a kid didn't get murdered by a burglar. You know what, to be fair to these people, if you watch the trailer, you know exactly what this movie is. So if you're not going to be into that, don't fucking watch it. If you watch the trailer, if, wa- if you looked at the movie poster, you knew what the movie was. <laughs> yeah. It's just him getting punched in the face, and the home premiere is him getting punched in the face by five fists while a sixth holds his shirt. Yeah, you, you know why I wanted to watch this movie when I did? I was I was itching for just like a little bit of uh, movie violence, so I just looked up um, Shang-Gi's uh, bus scene, mm-hmm. and the next result on YouTube was nobody bus scene. <laughs> I'm like, yes. oh, I'll watch another bus scene. <laughs> I just watched a bus scene. I think I'll have another. Oh, boy, that was a good bus scene. Hell, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm watching this movie. We were going to do it about a year ago, and then, you know, sometimes we put movies up on the, like, to-watch list, and then other shit just keeps coming out, and it gets buried. So, um, yeah, uh, great movie. It was my second time seeing it, and, and just as good as the first. This is probably a movie I'm going to watch, like, next year when I'm just in the mood for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's not gonna, it's not gonna, like, uh, 
like in about six months, I'm probably going to watch Judge Dredd again. And then yes. like in a year, I'm going to watch this again. <laughs> oh, my God. I watched uh, Judge Dredd with Sylvester Stallone the other day. <laughs> that was a mistake. <laughs> oh, you're in the law. <laughs> it's Schneider. not the worst movie, but it's a very 90s movie. So, you know, um, I used to uh, work. Uh, we'll say we'll say retail and <laughs> two guys I hung out with when the um when that movie when Judge Dredd came out like ah wasn't as good as the Sylvester Stallone version. <laughs> mm. Jesus. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and so I hadn't seen it. Like I didn't have movie theater money at this time. Yeah, I didn't have gas in the car money at this time. So. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I'll make sure to not watch it because they said it wasn't good. Right. And, uh, like five years later, I'm like, you fuckheads. <laughs> I'm glad we never hung out. All right. On that note, uh, we will catch you guys later. Ba da ba ba da ba. Bye. <laughs>